Well, good morning, Mill City. So good to be together. Welcome to everybody joining us online. My name is Aaron Stern. I'm the lead pastor here. If you are new or newish with us and have not filled out a connection card, we would love the opportunity to be able to uh, to not just welcome you generally, but welcome you personally. And, and so you can take some time to fill that out and drop that in a container on your way out of the auditorium today. Uh, as mentioned just a moment ago, it is Generosity Sunday. Uh, which, if you're new-ish around here, is a date we set on the calendar in December every year where we give above and beyond what we normally give in order for us together to be able to do above and beyond what we normally be able to do. And so we're partnering with uh, an organization here in our area, Lutheran Family Services, to help settle some refugee families in need, get them into housing, and walk them through the process and come alongside in a beautiful way. And so um, that the, the, your giving today will go towards that. The g- entire Generosity Sunday offering we give away, uh, it goes towards Lincoln Middle School families and other families in need. And so um, you can drop that if you came prepared to give for that. You can do that in any of the containers on the way out, or you can do that anytime this week online. Um, and really, I want you to know that we're not asking you for money. We're asking you to ask God. We don't have a particular amount in mind as much as we have a particular percentage in mind, and that would be 100%, that we would all participate. And, and if God says don't give, then don't. But, um, but if He does, we would encourage you to uh, follow His lead. So uh, we're in the second Sunday of Advent in our series called Family Tree, talking through uh, the family of Jesus. Last week we talked about the genealogy of Jesus found in Matthew chapter 1, and today we're going to be talking about the parents of Jesus, Mary and Joseph. We're beginning this series with our scripture readings, and so if you would open your hearts and minds to hearing the Word of God. My name is Darren Gardner, and I will be reading from the Old Testament in Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Hi, my name is Peter Toll, and I'll be reading from the New Testament. Galatians 2, 20 and 21. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith, faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Hi, my name is Durgis Asindran. If you are able, please stand for the gospel reading. The gospel reading is Luke 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. 
you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. You may be seated. You ever had that moment where you're like, what do I get for this person? Because they, they're the person that has everything. What do you get for the person who has everything? Now, you don't say, well, they have everything, so I'm not getting them anything. You might, uh, you might think of uh, something that you make for them or something. Maybe, maybe it's a, an experience or I'm going to take them out to dinner. It's time. Uh, nonetheless, you, you want to give them something even though they don't need anything. God has everything and certainly doesn't need anything. But have you ever asked God what He wants for Christmas? We know what we want. I know what I want. Uh, you know, maybe it's cash. Maybe it's, uh, it, maybe it's a gift card. Maybe it's something in particular. Maybe it's a, a, a contribution towards something or, or you're hoping that a few people go together because it's a bigger gift or whatever. We know what we want. We might know what the people around us want that are on the list. But at the end of the day, do we know what God wants? Durga just read Luke chapter 1, our gospel reading for today, and we, we see Mary give God something he wants and something that he would love from each one of us. We hear the story of Mary. She pops up in around Christmas time every year, but she gives God something he wants for Christmas, and it is exactly what he wants from each of us for Christmas. Mary gives God access. God wants access to our lives. God won't take it, but He would love for us to give it. So the question we have to ask today is, are you available? Am I, am I available to God? I mean, oftentimes we think, how do I get access to God? Christmas and the arrival of Jesus is a beautiful and amazing picture and an answer to that question, that, that He is accessible, He is here, He understands. But the goal of following Jesus, the goal of a, a mature spirituality, is to give God access, and not just a partial access, but full access. Now, as we talk about Mary here today, I don't know what your background is and, and what kind of, maybe, maybe if you did grow up in church, you grew up in a stream of the body of Christ that, that adored Mary, and, and, and she was talked about regularly, not just during Christmas. Or maybe you grew up in a stream of the body of Christ where Mary was basically ignored. 
kind of, eh, Mary, she's just another person. But she's not just another person in the Bible. There's something about Mary. All my 90s kids... The invitation here today is not to venerate Mary, but to imitate Mary, to give God access. And if we're going to give God access to our lives, it requires a willingness to surrender our plans. Now, if we can just imagine Mary, this, now she would have been in this particular culture probably 13, 14, 15 years old. But if we can imagine Mary, she's, she's engaged She's excited. She's got plans. She has updated her Facebook status. She's got her little website all built out so that people can know where she registered. And she's registered at Target. And like any good Coloradan, she's registered at REI. She is like ready to go. She's got her dress picked out from King David's royal bridal. She's got her venue selected. She's got her photographer scheduled for the picture for the save the date uh, cards. She's got the random field picked out that she's going to act like she frolics in every day. <laughs> she's dreaming of kids with Joseph. She's got a list of names. But God interrupted her plans. Let's flip that script and we're going to start with a kid first. How about that? And by the way, you don't get to choose the name. I got a name for you. I don't know about you, but I don't usually like interruptions, right? We've got plans, we've got goals, we've got ideas of how it's going to go, and, and I don't know what the plans are. Sometimes they're, they're, they're the, the everyday plans, and sometimes they're the bigger plans. You know, you thought you'd be pregnant by this time. You thought you'd be married by this time. You, you thought you'd be making more by this time. You thought that you would be in a relationship, or you thought this would be solved, or you thought you'd be over this, or you thought that this would be where you're at. And somehow, though, interruptions get in the way of what we think and where we're supposed to be or we think we're supposed to be going. But Mary's story and what we see here in this passage is the invitation to interruption. Are you willing to be interrupted? A little over 12 years ago, Jossie and I and our four boys lived in Colorado Springs, and I was a college pastor, had been for 11 years, and loved what I was doing, and thought I was going to be the oldest, coolest college pastor you've ever seen, and, and it was, uh, it was, everything was going great, and thriving ministry, and, and lots of wonderful things happening, and we were rooted, and settled, and had, had family in town, and it was like, this is, it's, it's, everything is great, and God started to uproot and unsettle us. And over a course of time, made it clear that we were to move from our settled place in Colorado Springs to Fort Collins to plant a church. Now, throughout that process, that's an easy, very short story that is filled, honestly, with wrestling. Wrestling with God. God, are you sure? God, this is really disruptive. And you know what I realized is how attached to comfort I was you know what, I'm pretty comfortable. I know how to do my job. I know how this works. I know uh, where to go. All this, 
I, I, I don't know Fort Collins. I didn't go to school there. I didn't grow up there. But God, so I don't know anybody. It's like starting over, and that feels uncomfortable. And, and I realized how attached to security it was. Like, you know, I, I got a paycheck that was guaranteed there, and I'm coming here to plan something and hoping that I get a paycheck. See, interruptions are a barometer that indicate what our lives are centered around. That is centered around Jesus. We'd like to think that they are like, oh yeah, sure, you can interrupt my life. But then the interruption comes and we realize we're more attached to that relationship or we're more attached to that job or we're more attached to our dreams. C.S. Lewis says in his book, God in the Dock, the great thing, if one can, is to stop regarding all the unpleasant things as interruptions of one's own or real life. The truth is, of course, that what one calls the interruptions are precisely one's real life, the life God is sending one day by day. What one calls one's real life is a phantom of one's own imagination. See, God is looking for people who are willing to be interrupted. Mary was interrupted, and it changed the world. Abraham in Genesis was interrupted and God said, I'm going to send you to a, a place I'll let you know about later. Talk about an interruption and sending him into the unknown. But he says, I'm going to do this so I can bless you and I'm going to bless the world through you. So it is okay to have a plan, but how tightly are you holding to it? How tightly are you holding to your plans? How tightly are you holding to your dreams? How tightly are you holding to your understanding of the way that God works? The Pharisees held very tightly to what they thought God was going to do and how he was going to work. And when God himself showed up in the form of Jesus in front of them, they couldn't see him because they were so tightly wound around their ideas. Sister Ruth Burroughs Catholic nun says, God cannot give himself to us unless our hands are empty to receive him. The deepest reason why so few of us are saints is because we will not let God love us. To be loved means a naked, defenseless surrender to all God is. To allow for interruption is to be willing and open to surrender. I love this definition of surrender, putting one's full weight on something or someone. Like, uh, it's, I'm not holding, I'm not grasping. I think of floating in, on water if you're in a lake or a swimming pool or something. If you're trying to control, you're going to drown. But if you can let go and actually like let your body weight lay on the water, you will live. So, this passage and Mary's story is, invites us to prefer God's way to our own. She says, I am the Lord's servant, meaning I'm going to prefer His rule in my life over my own because He's king. We don't prefer surrender because we prefer control. We prefer to know exactly how things are going to go and to manage how it goes. We prefer, this, we prefer, we prefer certainty to the unknown. We prefer, I know that I prefer oftentimes my will to God's. 
But the invitation here today is to be willing, not willful. To be open-handed and open-hearted towards the way of God. I remember years ago when our, our boys were a lot littler, and, and I don't actually remember which one of our boys did this, but, but it, we were at the dinner table, and one of them was standing on their chair and, and you know, goofing around. And, and for one, we wanted to teach them good manners. Like, it's not good manners to stand on your chair at the dinner table. And, you know, you also think, like, all they have to do is lean back on the back of the chair, and you can see the chair flipping. So it's also not even, not good manners. It's also dangerous. So please sit down. Please sit down. Please sit down. Please sit down. No sitting down. Finally, as this battle goes on, he sits down. I said, thank you. And he says, I'm standing up in my heart. God is looking for people who don't just do the right thing on the outside, but have an open, surrendered heart. As a way for us to lean into this reality, our daily or excuse me, weekly practice, is to daily meditate on Luke chapter 1, verse 38, for three minutes. It's the very last verse of the gospel reading here today, and it includes the, I am the Lord's servant, which is what Mary says in response to the angel. May your word to me be fulfilled. Now, to meditate on this might look like reading it once or twice, or maybe it's multiple times slowly, and not, not, not just to memorize it, but to actually like let it settle and let it sink in. And, and the goal is integration. It might, it might include imagining, God, I, I, I think I would surrender. I don't know this seems like significant, but, but I, whatever it is, it, I can imagine something coming to me. So I just want to imagine you asking me of something, me for something and access and, and willingness and, and for me to just say, yes, I, I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. Three minutes every day to integrate and to put into our heads and in some ways settle our yes before the moment of yes comes. Surrender requires humility. Notice in this story that, that the angel says, you're going to have a baby. And she says, how's this going to work? And he says, oh, well, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. And she says, I am the Lord's servant. Now, I don't know about you, but I think I'd have a few more questions. Because, you know, it's not like, oh, okay, yeah, that happened to Susie down the street. So, you know, I know how this goes. Like, okay, makes perfect sense. I, I got this. Yep, I know how this works. Yep, okay, yep, I was thinking about that. I probably, you know. No, no, no. Okay. That, that, that doesn't make any sense, but okay. Never heard about this before, but Okay. She didn't have to understand. She didn't have to approve. Sometimes we trust God when we approve or we understand. And it's easy to trust God when the next steps seem clear or everything's understandable. But God's inviting us into a mystery, into the unknown, 
And the beauty as exemplified in the life of Mary is that when we surrender, we get to participate in the mystery of God. We miss out on God and His work when we feel like we have to understand or approve before we're going to allow for access or give Him our surrender. But the Jewish audience, and likely Mary as well, would have understood because because in some ways she would have had Genesis chapter 1 in her imagination. And in Genesis chapter 1, in the creation account, we have the Spirit hovering over the waters. And when the Spirit hovers or overshadows, out of that came creation. And here the same word is used in Luke chapter 1 when the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and says, and in response to her question, how's that going to work? Well, the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow, it's going to hover. The first time that happened, there's creation. And in this moment, there's going to be new creation. And even in the midst of our unknowing or our fear of surrender or willingness to give access, the Holy Spirit wants to overshadow you and He wants to overshadow me to bring about redemption and rescue into the world. For us to participate in the mystery and to participate in what we might not understand but God knows and does. Now, even when we surrender, it isn't a guarantee that life will go smoothly or easily. It's interesting that the angel says to Mary, you who are highly favored, she's highly favored, but can you imagine the conversation with Joseph? Hey, Joe, I got something I need to talk to you about. Yeah, what is it? Well, um, well uh, I, I don't know how to say this, so I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm pregnant. You, excuse me? What? Who's the father? Because I know I'm not. Well, the Holy Spirit. Well, of course. Like, that's not an easy conversation, let alone when she starts to show, and then it's like, who's the father? And now it sounds like Jerry Springer. Joseph isn't the father. Well, who's the father? Well, I mean, these are not easy conversations. Life's not going smoothly. It's not going, I mean, there's shame surrounding all of this. And, and then when it is time to deliver the baby, it's in another city. She's got to ride a donkey at full term. And, and then she gets to Bethlehem where they need to register. And, 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 and they, you would think that if, if, if God had orchestrated all of history for Jesus to enter into the world at this time, that, that somehow he could have made a reservation at the Marriott, you know, but instead they have a baby in the cave. And then they have to flee to Egypt because, because Herod's looking for Jesus and trying to get rid of him. This doesn't feel like highly favored. But she's surrendered. See, because when as Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the German theologian, says, when Christ calls a man or a woman, he bids them come and die. And water baptism, see, water baptism is not a magic ritual. It is a sacred symbol. And it is a sacred symbol of death. As read in Galatians just a moment ago, that we, we no longer live. Christ lives in us. We have died 
And Christ, the Spirit of God, is alive in each one of us. And so the reality is, is that I'm dead, so, so I'm not fighting for my rights. I'm, my life is not my own. I've given it away. I've died to all of that. Jesus is my King. See, Mary says yes. I am the Lord's servant. May it be fulfilled. I don't understand, but okay. I trust God. Which maybe begs the question for each one of us, is there an area where you're saying no to God? Where you're not giving Him access? Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a job or a career or finances. Maybe it's an area of pain or an area of addiction. I got this. Or maybe it's an area that you're like, I'm not gonna, I don't want you to have access because, because I'm ashamed. But God comes in goodness and grace. A desire to heal, to restore. He's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for willing people. So the question for all of us today is have you settled your yes? For some of us in this room, maybe even following Jesus your whole life or most of your life, or, and there's an area that you know, like it just quickly comes to mind, that God is inviting you to give access. And for some of you in this room, God's inviting you to give access to your life. You've never said yes to Jesus. And our yes is a response to Jesus' yes. His yes to give his life away. His yes to go to the cross. His yes to the will of the Father. So will you say yes maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time? If so, will you just under your breath and simply say, Jesus, I surrender. I give you my life. I give you access. I give you access to everything that I am. I give you access to my heart, my life, my thoughts, my actions, my body. I give you access. Every, every bit of who I am is yours. And that simple prayer, I surrender, I give you my life, is the beginning of a journey, a journey with God, participate with Him to bring about His redemption in us and through us.